of shouting will make it arrive sooner, so for the sake of all our eardrums, I suggest we cut the volume down to a mere ninety-five decibels or so. Sorry, sir, but we had to speak loudly, Venables explained. You see, the planet dwellers were ganging up on the Earthmen, and, and I was trying to broadcast my famous first words to the human race, the astronaut broke in, only I couldn't get through because Mission Control wanted to finish his library book before you called silence, sir. Mr. Carter had no intention of calling for immediate silence, in an atmosphere so charged with excitement. He was willing to wait until the taut guy-ropes of their restlessness had slackened of their own accord. In half an hour they would be ready to settle down for the night. But first they must be allowed to greet the end of term with a song made up by past generations of Lindburians and added to over the years by anyone able to express an apt comment in verse. By tradition, the song was sung in the dormitories every night during the final week of term, building up into an ear-splitting climax on the last evening of all. If the moon men will call off their demo, they'll just have time for a farewell performance of Crossing Off the Days, Mr. Carter announced. But they'd better get a move on, because I'm aiming to call silence in here before my supper gets cold. Dormitory 4 needed no urging. Sitting bolt upright in their beds, they awaited the signal from Jennings, who now stood on his pillow holding his toothbrush like a conductor's baton. Derbyshire produced his recorder from his locker and sat poised to accompany the choir, omitting those quavers that were always too fast for him to keep up with. "'Fire away,' said Mr. Carter, turning to leave the room. "'See if you can get through it in four minutes flat.' As he went downstairs to see what was happening in Dormitory 2, the strains of the Lindbury end-of-term song pursued him all the way down to the next landing. The term is nearly over, we've been crossing off the days, until tomorrow morning when we go our different ways. Seven days, six days, five days, four days, three days, two days, one, and the holidays will really have begun. The tune was lively, the tempo fast. Nobody could remember who had composed it, for it was a hotchpotch of improvisations borrowed from older melodies. Then came the chorus, in a different rhythm, and taken up now by the dormitories on the lower landing, in unison with the boys on the floor above. Passing the open door of Dormitory 3, Mr. Carter winced as the chorus assailed his ears at full volume. "'Excuse our breaking out in song. Believe you me, it won't last long. We'll let off steam, and then we'll stop. Either that, or we'll blow our top. For the end of term is drawing near. Holidays will soon be here. Pack our bags, and we'll be off. Lindbury, goodbye!' By now all the dormitories had joined in. The words of verse two, amplified by the well of the staircase, were wafted into the staff room on the ground floor where Mr. Wilkins was finishing off Form Three's reports— No more French and Latin, no more English, no more maths, no more risk of masters turning into psychopaths, no examinations to confuse my poor old brain, no more risk of going crazy with the strain. Mr. Wilkins paused in the act of writing his comments on Jennings's progress in mathematics. Judging by the boy's examination results, there was little fear of his brain becoming unhinged by the strain of the term's work. Upstairs in the dispensary, Matron was tidying shelves and putting away the medical equipment she would not be needing until the following term. The full-throated singing from Dormitory 6 along the landing was loud enough to set the bottles rattling on the dispensary shelves. "'Goodbye, lumpy mattress in my freezing dormitory. Goodbye, my school dinner, and goodbye to my school tea. Bulletproof potatoes and bomb-proof hard-boiled eggs. And goodbye to cocoa made from diesel dregs.' The song was sheer nonsense, of course but she couldn't help smiling at the parody of boarding-school life implied by the words, 
freezing dormitory indeed, with the warm July sun still slanting in through the western windows. They'd been keen enough on their bomb-proof eggs at tea-time, and at supper they'd queued up for second helpings of the cocoa they professed to despise. The flippant words and the catchy tune followed Mr. Carter along the corridor as he made his tour of the dormitories. By the time he got back to the top landing again, the singers had reached the last verse. Hurry up, tomorrow for tomorrow I shall be, miles away from boarding school, miles from Lynbury, seven weeks of liberty when we're let off the chain, then it's back to the treadmill once again. A final rousing chorus and the singers were ready to settle down for the night, exhausted by their vocal efforts. Indeed, when Mr. Carter looked into Dormitory 4 to call silence, the only boy with enough breath left for coherent speech was the astronaut in the end bed, who had resumed his news bulletin from outer space and was again trying to contact Mission Control. Stand by for...